0: From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. This week we are going to talk about awards. The Oscars, the Grammys, the Pulitzers, the Hugos. Every other artistic medium has awards, board games are no exception. But have you ever actually heard of the Spiel des Jahres? Have you ever heard of the Origins Awards? Chances are, if you're like most of our beloved customers at Snakes and Lattes, the answer to that is a big no. So what are the awards for board games? Who receives them? What do they mean? And should they guide your purchases if you're looking for a new game? That's uh, what we're going to be talking about this week. And we are joined by someone eminently qualified to talk about this. We have a very special guest, Origins Award winning game designer, Mr. Eric M. Lang. Hello. <laughs> we also have with us uh, Colin Young. Hello. All right, Colin, you've got, uh, in addition to being the head of the uh, the games department at Snakes, you have a lot of retail experience. When uh, when you've seen customers picking up boxes that have the word award winner on the box, does that does that affect them? Are, are customers affected by awards?
1: Uh, there's a small subset that knows very specific awards that they shop for. The Spiel des Jahres is going to attract a certain kind of gamer. But for the bulk of uh, more casual fans, I find that it's less a, oh, I want to buy this, so much as it's a conversation point. Someone thinks highly of this game, though they don't really know about it, and that's an opening for someone to have that conversation. And even if they don't get that game, they're interested in games and like it now. Oh, I see.
0: So, uh, Eric, you've, you've been the, uh, the winner of Origins Awards multiple times, and uh, apart from having the honor of having been selected, has it done uh, anything
2: particular for your career? Yeah, quite a bit. It's, uh, it looks really good on a resume, first of all. Um, I get to write Origins Award Winner, uh, and it actually works better when the uh, receiver of the uh, resume doesn't know what that means. But, <laughs> like Just being able to write Award Winner always looks good professionally. Uh, I, sure. I, I put it on my LinkedIn profile, my resume, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, inside the industry, the, for designers and publishers who know... What, who know more about the process of the Origins Awards, they, they, they tend to give you an extra nod for it. Cool. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, are there any particular awards out there that you have not won yet that you would really like to win? I totally want
0: to win the Spiel des Jahres Award. Okay. That's come up a couple of times. We're definitely going to have to go into that in more
2: detail. Uh, why, why is the SDJ such a big thing? Why do you want it so much? Well, because unlike all of the other awards, it's simply... It, Spiel des Jahres in German translates to game of the year. That's it. It's game of the year. Uh, and it's simple for everybody to understand, whether they play board games or not, and it's universally acknowledged. So if you win that award, you are you have been called the designer of the game of the year. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the Spiel des Jahres, uh, the you know,
0: the game of the year, the big one. Um, Colin, you've uh, you mentioned that uh, a lot of uh, customers do tend to look for the SDJ. What uh, what is it about it that makes it so prestigious?
1: Uh, I think that customers of ours that have experience with the gaming culture that's coming up in North America, that European sense of gaming, are aware of what it is as this kind of German board game Oscar award for best of. So there's an interest in that style of gaming. So people that play a lot of Euro style games like Settlers or Carcassonne or classics like that are interested in... What's what's coming up? What is being recognized as a hit?
0: Yeah, there are a pretty fair number of famous winners, like Carcassonne and Settlers. Uh, Ticket to Ride won the SDJ. Dominion, Dixit, uh, Ticket farther back, uh, Rummy Cub was a was a Spiel des Jahres winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Scotland Yard. Uh, there's there, there's a surprising number of famous games there, considering how uh, relatively unknown this award is in North America. Um, well,
2: on the industry side, there's a uh especially in distribution, but uh, we talk a lot about the gifting industry, which is uh, the gifting market segment, which a lot of people buy games specifically to give as gifts to their relatives. And so the people who are doing the buying don't know as much about games. So like seeing that award symbol on them tells them instinctively, automatically, this game is somehow better than the rest. And uh, and the fact that only one game a year wins it. Um, It really is like the Best Picture Oscar. Well,
1: seeing... As as soon as a North American company sees something that wins that award, then there's going to be larger print runs. There's more interest in bringing it to North America. Yeah, distribution deals. Exactly. So it's just more readily visible in North America. So it becomes easier
2: to get. Right. And financially, of course, as a designer, if you win a Spiel des Jahres, you're pretty much done. <laughs> you're set. you're basically set. Wow. It's right. it, it it makes your career. That's that's essentially it. It makes your career like your mo- many many games print like. Uh, the average print run for games is about five thousand copies, which doesn't, which sounds like a decent amount, but it's not very much. The uh, for a Spiel des Jahres winner, they'll, obvi- they'll very, very often print at least a hundred thousand copies in that first year, just from winning that award. That is a lot. So it
0: can uh, yeah, that that can really make your career. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, and the fact that again, it's it's just the one. That's that that's such a huge feather in your cap. What kind of games tend to win the Spiel des
2: Jahres? So games that are uh, simple, family friendly. Something about them is innovative, uh, uh, so innovative or new, some kind of hook, mm-hmm. um, they're non-violent, non-confrontational, uh, and um, also printed in Germany. That's something of course that they won't write on the box, but it has to be printed in Germany. Right. It is It is still the German game of the year. It is the German game of the year, yeah. It has to be available. So you,
0: if, if, your, if your game's not uh, published in a German edition, you can't be eligible to win the SDJ? That's right.
1: Well, that's what happened with Quirkle, because right, that, it was out for years. was an American female designer, the first female sole female designer to win the Spiel des Jahres. But it had been out for years. But in the year one, that was the first year it had been published. Was printed in German. In
0: German. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so let's let's talk about another one that's got a pretty high uh, profile: the Mensa Select Award. Uh, a lot of uh, games that tend to be popular, at snakes can. Uh, c- will have Mensa select words on games like Ghost, which is a new arrival, uh, Kalami, another one that's been a big hit, Snake Oil, uh, one of my favorite sort of hidden gems, Pastiche, a game about making paintings and mixing colors, Anomia, uh, Forbidden Island, Word on the Street. Um, these it, it, there seems to be kind of a theme there. A lot of these tend to be uh, t- tend to be good snakes games. You, you're working retail, Colin, did you ever notice that uh, anything about the Mensa Select games in particular that had a particular sort of personality or trait to them?
1: Well, uh, thematically, no. But if you look across them, you still have the certain criteria in common with the Spiel des Jahres. They're straightforward. Their age range is very diverse. Mm. They're not very confrontational. Uh, it, it's games that you can pick up and play very quickly and with snakes and lattes, it's, it's critical to be able to get a game onto a table, teach it, and have people having fun very quickly. Like There's not a lot of time you can spend doing anything other than getting that ready. So I, I think mensis select games tend to be strong in accessibility.
0: I guess that's probably partly because of the selection process for them too, because it all happens over one weekend, right? You know, the Mensas have their, their big convention, they get together, they play as many games as they can, and over that one weekend, they have to decide which five games are going to get that award. And all those look like they make a really good first impression. They do. They have to have a really nice presentation. Uh, a lot of abstract games show up there as well, with uh, you know, putting circles and squares in, uh, in lines to score points and stuff. Of course it's Mensa. <laughs> there, there, there is that. So in, in some cases, they're going to end up uh, nominating and awarding games that won't appeal to everyone but uh, accessibility certainly is a big thing. There's also the Games 100. Um, all throughout the 80s and 90s, if you played games that didn't have dragons in them, uh, Games Magazine was the publication. And um, the uh, and, and their Games 100 was created by, uh, and, and, and it's awarded every year, by it's selected by just one guy, Walt O'Hara. So 100 games on that list, it can be hard to
2: narrow it down. Uh, did you guys Did you guys ever look for games through the Games 100? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. They have several categories, just like um, uh, just right. Like They've got kind of, like family
0: game of the year, strategy game of the year, party right. game of the year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Right, and, and the, then there's like ten in each category, and they have ten categories.
2: Right, and there's and, but there's always one game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally have almost never agreed with mm-hmm. his choice of game of the year. That's well, one, one guy. Right? It's exactly it's one guy, and it's his tastes yeah. are. Uh, I can't pin his taste down. It's a completely different type of game every year. <laughs> so like it's one of those types of awards you can't really tell what's going to win.
0: And uh, so then, of course, we have the Origins Awards, which have kind of modeled themselves after the Oscars or the Grammys, where you've got an academy that uh, that nominates and votes on the winners.
2: Uh, Eric, you're, I guess you're more aware of that particular and process the, than most and of it. the actually, And the awards ceremony is even a suit and tie affair. So you uh, we that's all That's right, they've got the formal thing. With, that's right. Uh, the suits and Nikes. Yeah. Now,
1: <laughs> the thing about Origins, the Origins Awards, though, was this idea of controversy where you actually had a company trying to seed the nomination process, which seemed to my understanding looking at it in hindsight to discredit the whole idea of the Origins as and their prestigious building. What
2: year was that? Uh... Uh, I don't. I think it was like five, six years ago. Uh, unfortunately, I can't really talk about it that much. Um, do, do, you do you think? but do you think it really hurt the prestige of the Origins Awards? Uh, my opinion, absolutely <laughs> did. Hmm.
0: And uh, did, uh, do, you, do you think there'd be other steps being taken to sort of clean that up and try and bring
2: the Origins Awards into uh, back into the light? Yeah, I know. So I, a, a good friend of mine, um, uh, who I don't think I can name publicly, but is uh, has joined the Academy, and is uh, he said he's doing a lot to uh, to up the selection process and to make it a little bit more democratic so we'll see we'll see how that works out in the coming.
0: we wish him the very best of luck and of course no mention of board game awards on the snakes cast will be complete without a mention of our very own snakey awards uh, which were created and conceived by our very own mr colin young colin why make a new board game award
1: uh well i mean aside from obvious vanity reasons for (laughs) Snakes and Lattes.
0: Listen to our opinions. We think this stuff is best.
1: Gamers are opinionated and people like they like to talk about what they like to play and uh, we over the past two and a half years have seen enough people play games and have played enough games ourselves to develop some reasonably unbiased opinions as to what makes a strong game Uh, and we feel that there's people that want to hear our opinion and make it a little bit more formal so that it's not just, hey, what is the guru going to recommend this time? So mm-hmm. we decided to put together something uh, where we were celebrating specific games uh, and oh, trying to draw attention to them.
2: So it feels like a bit like staff picks at chapters, something like that, or or more formal?
1: It's a little bit more formal. We try to do a guru picks thing, but what we did was we came up with a bunch of uh, categories which we acknowledge may not. Always be in an annual rotation because they have their verbose and ridiculous <laughs> titles like most awesome game played, most awesome people ever, or best date game you need when it totally has to go well tonight or else.
2: So you uh, can trunk it to awesome award.
1: Pretty much, and that's why they paid the big
2: bucks. Exactly,
1: <laughs> editing, editing. So the process was finding a bunch of games that worked in all those categories that we had seen played, and then we opened up the voting across the entirety of the staff. Okay. Everyone, regardless of whether whether they were a guru, whether they were a barista, bartender, server, kitchen, they all love games, so we wanted to emphasize that, so we had everyone uh, vote for what they liked, and then that's what we went with. And,
0: and as a result, several of the games that I
2: voted for did not win.
1: Yeah, you are an iconoclaster. Uh, Jonathan zeppel <laughs> <laughs> <Moriarty. laughs>
2: So uh, Colin, if I can ask you, what, like, uh, so as a designer, what would you say, what kind of games would you suggest trying to make that would have a good chance of winning a Sneaky if there's such a thing?
1: Well I think we try to cover a broad range and we've only done it for the first year but what we've noticed is accessibility, ease of teach, uh, theme is good but it shouldn't be at the cost of uh, how a mechanic interacts with the table so I think the best thing for the Sneakies because it's very specific to uh, a more casual style of gamer is something that you can hit the table with really fast and make sure and, uh, a lot of people can have a lot of fun really quickly.
0: I think that uh, that lightness seems to be very important as well. The idea that uh, that there's not a huge amount of pressure in these games. Those, uh, it's the ability to just start with having fun as quickly as possible and uh, and, and not necessarily being a demonstration of your prowess as a game player,
2: but of your ability to just have a great time and be so it. So quick setup, quick teardown is probably a big thing too.
1: Yeah, I mean we had games like King of Tokyo, uh, Skull and Roses, Lords of Waterdeep, those were all titles that won Snakies last year, and those are all games where you can bust that out of the box and be playing inside of five minutes, uh, regardless of the theme. And those are all very different games, with very different mm-hmm. themes, with very different mechanics, mm-hmm. but they all kind of embody that idea of fast and enjoyable play.
0: So, uh, Eric, have you got any advice for us about uh, about how to make the
2: Snakey Awards relevant? So, the my, I have to answer that with another question. Do you okay. want the Snakey... What's your goal? Is your goal for the Snakey Awards to be uh, a mouthpiece for snakes and lattes, or do you want them to be relevant across like the greater industry?
1: Well, I think the end goal would be to have something relevant across the industry, but as voiced by people interacting with very casual gamers. I think we attract a demographic that has not always been uh, brought to by uh, a lot of the major American companies and that's what we aim for. Uh,
2: well, I guess what I would advise is that, like, so Snakes, uh, I have to give you guys a little plug here, Snakes is uh, and Latias is it's, it's an awesome concept, of course, a board game cafe, and you're seeing a lot more of them in Toronto. Um, the b- thing I would advise is actually to do a little bit more cross uh, Pollination cross-marketing with other board game cafes across the country and maybe include more more staff from more diverse areas so you can keep calling it the sneakies because it's your award, but uh, more people will uh, talk about it as this is the board game cafe type award and that would be more universal.
0: Hmm. Neat, cool. taking sort of more opinions into account and uh, I guess that's the take-home ultimately an award is only as useful as the, as, as the taste of those who are granting the award is similar to the person who's looking for games that have it. Unless Jonathan's voting for it. In which case, proven. you definitely don't <laughs> want to play that game, for sure. Definitely not, definitely not. But uh, in any event, I hope that's given you a little bit more of a sense of what lies behind those stickers that you see on the boxes. And I hope we'll see you at Snakes and Latte sometime soon. Till then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Eric Lang and Colin Young. Game on. Game on. Game on. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakescast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas, Game On.